NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra. All dirt, all rodeo, all year. Upon inside Was it something I said something I did Did my words not come out right I literally held a gunpoint with three of my buddies I negotiated for my life at 16 years old mm-hmm. Literally negotiated for my life And I realized then that, you know Given that blessing to continue another day I'm like, I'm going to rock this Brett Michaels from the rock band Poison Joins NFR Extra to share his journey as an 80s rock and roll icon, rock and reality TV, going all in on country music to navigating the pandemic. You know, with YouTube and things like that, it's easy to be discovered, man, today. The world is so saturated now. Back Uh-oh. then, it wasn't. Like, it was spotlight. There's one spot to get a video. Yeah, totally. Back then. Oof. You could even highlight the fact that, what, in the last year and a half, TikTok in its own yeah. has, like, presented huge monetary opportunities for people yeah. that aren't even popular like it's not even a sense of who this person is but they're tiktok famous and they're making sponsorship deals and things like that like yeah it's kind of surreal because those are people that i i mean i know doctors on tiktok you know what i mean like i don't know yeah. if either of you go on there but like you get oh, to yeah, scroll in and Dude, that's like a, just south of me in Idaho Falls was homeboy with the, uh, you know, car broke down, skateboard, going on the on-ramp, drinking uh, cranberry, and goes oh, back yeah. to Fleetwood Mac. You know what I mean? Yep. And then all of a sudden, Fleetwood Mac, then that that's song turns juice. into the number one downloaded song. And yeah. everybody was doing their version of that. I mean, I mean operators in helicopters, anybody via anything was doing their version of the, the cranberry skate song i mean it was yes. just like and he and he got brand new truck thousands of dollars you know i mean cranberry i mean he's not gonna homeboy's not gonna have a bladder infection ever with all the cranberry juice that he's got <laughs> but you know it's funny you say that because if you think about like their songs poison songs they're timeless man like there's some ta- songs that they have that will fit into a soundtrack of a movie uh, a vibe on TikTok, you know, just any at any moment it could explode for them and just regurgitates that whole concept again. I don't disagree with you at all. Go watch Nothing But a Good Time and watch that video. And it was the epitome of hairband in oh, yeah. the mid 80s. And it was like, that's what it, every, I mean, 
to own stock in hairspray back then would have been amazing. The big hair, the dancing and those videos, because you watch some of the earlier videos and it's like, what the hell? Like it just hadn't been figured out yet. And then all of a sudden they get a stage band and they get these guys just rocking, singing their deal, you know, like you said, partying on that type of a deal. And that was groundbreaking. I mean, that was yeah. new to anything. And the only place to see it was that you'd sit there and watch MTV all day long. In oh, yeah, you know, dude. coming up next is whatever. And you're like, I've been here for five hours. I haven't done any chores and I'm still having, you know, trying yeah. to get that video watched. It's the worst, man. When you think about it now, like compared to what we could do today, like, dude, oh my God, I had to sit in front of the TV to do all that crap. Like, oh my goodness, man. Now you can do yeah. it, you know, out in your front yard, wherever. It doesn't matter as long as you got an internet connection. Yeah. Your parents screaming at you, turn down the TV. You had to get up and walk and turn the knob yeah. down. And you're like, <laughs> Man, Change the cool. channel. No remotes? What? Yeah, well, I mean, you did, but Hi, Brylan. 30 plus channels. I mean, yeah, there was a dial, uh, Brylan, like just that. I think it was like 36, 35 channels. Like, that was it. Uh, I had a VHS. I remember. Like TV, you know, like the ones where it got really cool and you had it built into the TV. Yeah. Revolutionary. Yeah. Yep. That, that, was, I some watched, top, that was some top notch stuff right there. I know. Yeah. That I watched Sweet Home Alabama on. Uh, the movie? Yes. Said. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I, obviously. Thank God. Not the song. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. Times have come a long ways, man. Enjoy our conversation with American singer songwriter and the frontman of rock band Poison, Brett Michaels. And up next, Bryland's Bull. This is Brylin's Bull, the Rodeo News of the Week. Esquiza and Kuntz split 154000 at the first ever spring BFI. Corey Kuntz, 49, of Stephenville, Texas, clinched victory at the Wrangler Bob Feista Invitational, known as the BFI, presented by Yeti for the record third time riding a horse he raised and nursed back to health after a horrific auto accident. Taylor D., rising country music star, passes away after an unfortunate accident. The promising musician was just 33 years old. Country music superstar Blake Shelton and four-time Grammy winner Keith Urban will headline Bash on the Bay, a two-day summer concert that takes place at Put-In Bay Airport. Blake Shelton will headline the concert on August 25th with featured guests Runaway June, Kale Dodd, John King, and Cumberland Run. Virgin Hotels Las Vegas is scheduled to open March 25th. The reimagined and remodeled off-strip resort features a desert theme instead of the former Hard Rock Hotel's rock and roll vibe. Road to the NFR and not much has changed with our world standings. Bareback, Tilden Hooper, Steer Wrestling, Jacob Talley, Team Roping, Eric Rogers and Peyton Bray, Saddle Bronc, Ryder Wright, Tie Down, Shane Hanty, Barrel Racing, Ivy Sabins, Bull Riding, Colton Fritzlin, and in the all-around is Stetson Wright. There's only one NFR. There's only one Vegas. In Las Vegas, December becomes Cowboy Town. The Wrangler National Finals Rodeo is the prize for the top contestants in the world seeking a share of the $10 million purse and the coveted gold buckle. For the fans, Las Vegas transforms into the greatest Western party in the world with the NFR experience featuring Cowboy Christmas, the Junior World Finals, nonstop entertainment, custom viewing parties, and so much more. Follow all the action at NFRexperience.com. There is only one NFR. There is only one Vegas. Hey everybody, this is Aaron Watson, and you're listening to NFR Extra. Brett Michaels gained fame as the frontman of rock band Poison, 
who has sold well over 45 million records worldwide while charting 10 singles to the top 40 of the Billboard Hot 100. Michaels has appeared in several films and TV shows, including his hit VH1 reality show Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. He was also the winning contestant on NBC's reality show Celebrity Apprentice. Life has not always been all roses for the rock star, as he's had to battle diabetes since he was six years old. Along the way, avoid many near-death experiences. Brett Michaels, welcome to NFR Extra. How are you doing this morning? Fantastic, man, on this Monday morning. Uh, Google said it's your birthday, uh, Mr. Michaels. Is that true? It is my birthday. This, it is very true. March, the Ides of March for me. Nice. Happy birthday, yeah, March. Man. Thank you. Thank you. Celebrating your birthday, Ides of March. I mean, is that, is, are we just, are we, have we been up for a while or have we not gone to bed yet? <laughs> it's a combination of both. I, I've given up sleep long ago. And that is, uh, people say that being funny, but it's true. I sleep in increments for my entire, even when I was younger, but even my entire career is like increments. And I get up and whatever blessing and or let, I say blessing or curse it could be, I, I sleep for a couple hours, I get up and I have just creative. I, I've gotten up at all hours of the night, written music. Uh, I'll make you laugh. I've gone out, worked on my motorcycle. I just different things that have happened, different parts of my life, but I sleep in increments, but yes, I'm up and continuing to be up and enjoying my birthday. You know, oddly enough, you have a birthday that is going to be, or this area of March is going to be represented pretty well as we move forward in human history, similar to September 11th or uh, D-Day or anything else like that. How has the past 365 days been for Mr. Brett Michaels? If you're ready for this, as of, as of March 15th, a year ago, it really on that birthday is when the, I think the real truth of, of COVID and the pandemic really set in, you know, it's sort of, everyone was aware of it. And I think it really set in and without a doubt, without a doubt, besides friends, uh, that, that I have lost from this and, and relatives from this horrific virus. It, it, what I tried to do in my real attitude is try to remain as positive as I can and an unbroken spirit, knowing that you're always prepared for the road ahead. Anyone that's going to move forward or succeed, you got to dig in deep when stuff like this happens. And I, I have a whole song written called Unbroken exactly about this, but long before the pandemic hit um, and something to believe in that were about things like this in my life that I've faced on my uh, long story, super short. I'm a type one diabetic since I've been six years old. So five injections a day. Um, and I've always, like I said, keep a positive attitude, but I've gone through a lot of tough times. And this one was almost as physical as it was, was almost as mind blowing and gives a, a lot of people anxiety and, and not knowing if there was hope. And I think a year ago, I immediately adjusted, not just for my professional, you know, going out and playing, but I immediately adjusted to finding things that I could dig into to just keep my mind and spirit up. Anyone that's been dealing with anything that has some sort of adversity or creates a lot of daily challenges, you know, going through this process the past 365 days, folks like yourself and others, and and I hear you on, on losing people and people being impacted by this. How has the creativity impacted you through this process when it comes to writing music and just thinking of things that, well, when they come right now? 
Absolutely. And, and well, let me answer that truthfully. What happened for me is I, uh, I'm going to make you laugh for a minute. I dug into both like physically doing stuff. So, you know, besides I'm saying on a professional level, we go out there and what happened, all of a sudden things became more virtual. So you're doing Zooms. All the festivals I was doing all became Zoom. You know, we literally were doing acoustic shows live from your living room there or in your studio. You So that part of it, you work through and figure it out with technology, how to make it work. But then there's the daily, you know, what I say is the daily, every day getting up and, and all of a sudden you're going, you, when, when you start to lose a little of that hope and the confusion, I don't know about you all, but the confusion and, and that people threw out there about the virus or when it was coming back and everything was happening. There was a lot of stuff out there that can make a, a high level of anxiety. So I dug into physical things, literally ripping stuff apart, cleaning stuff out, working on cars, working on my motorcycles. I think I repainted stuff about 200 times and, and you're going to laugh, but I would put music on and music was therapeutic to me, literally therapeutic. And I'm a sports fanatic. So all of a sudden, everything that was out there that was our common everyday, going to a sporting event, going to a concert, all that was gone. And so literally, um, you just, I dug in and I started finding stuff, uh, you know, that, that would keep me, again, positive. And, that, and, and knowing, never gave up on the people that work. I always say work with me, but the people that work for me never gave up on any of it. I kept complete hope that we were getting through this thing, kept everyone employed, did a bunch of charity events. Truthfully, I did a bunch of charity events to raise money for people in our industry and in the entertainment industry and people affected by this. And, and it really kept me in a, a, a good mind space to battle through it. It's funny you bring up the sports piece. Um, I remember somewhere, uh, it was like late April, I remember watching ESPN and they were doing Korean baseball live and I woke my wife up I was like, look, oh my God, there's live sports going on. And just because it, it felt like for that void of 30 days of whatever it was, once we everything got cut off, that like, to your point, we were going to get back to something, but you just don't know what it was. And I, I, I don't know, if you would ask me two years ago, would I be watching Korean baseball live uh, at, you know, 11 o'clock at night? I'd be like, no, that's not happening. And I watched it all. I didn't care. Like, it just, it was, there was something about, there was a happy moment of like, okay, things will start to come back. You and me are kindred spirits. I watched every single game. I would be up at <laughs> four in the morning and my sister would call me. I'm like, Korean baseball's on. I can't believe we were mm. like, we were breaking down the stats. The stuff. <laughs> when I say I'm a sports fanatic, I was watching soapbox derbies repeats from like Helsinki. I'm not making this up. Anyway, I don't want you all to think I've lost my brain, no. but I would get up at three in the morning and watch soapbox derby racing. I'm, I'm, it's yeah. unbelievably great. And it's like you make this metal thing that goes straight down a hill at a thousand miles an hour with no brakes. You knew something great was going to come from it. Absolutely. The end result, one way or the other, is going to be awesome. It was not and going to be any oper- I'm, I, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you all off. I just want to tell you. No. I, oh, I, I, I'm, with, I'm riding with you with this. <laughs> yeah. Any opportunity when cornhole becomes a, a ESPN spectator <laughs> sport is like. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. When I first saw that at first, I'm like, what the? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, this is a real thing. And I'm taking. This yeah. Back. Oh, and the strategies, <laughs> the guy like the guy that had to hold a cup. Right. Like that's, you know, the backyard. He was probably used to holding a beer. But yeah. like he's like, all right, my strategy is I got to hold a cup while I'm throwing. And that was his, you know, because anchor. Right. 
Yeah, and they're I'm protein- laughing both in pain. I'm <laughs> laughing with you and in the pain that I was actually studying how they were doing it. I'm thinking you're what yeah. you are. It's like it's like jarts. Let's get a big yeah. metal, a bunch of drunk guys like my parents and everyone hanging out, having fun, and a and a bunch of little kids in a big metal dart. I'm like, this and is <laughs> throw it as high in the air as you can with hopes that it'll land somewhere not on top of you. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, that's too good. Yeah. <laughs> hey Brett, let's switch some gears. Let's let's talk about where did the birthing of Brett Michaels and music, where did that all start? Very young. I, I've got there we're we're shooting as we speak. We're in the middle of a true uh Brett Michaels, it's a biopic but documentary style. And it when here's what it is for me. And, and again, I go into things uh with without fear. And what I mean by that is I just things that I love to do and that uh, we I'll say a creative entrepreneurial spirit of going out there and, and truly like diving into other stuff. But music for me started really young. And then I realized as, you know, my first acoustic guitar was when I was like six years old. And before that I had pictures at like, you know, with the old high eight millimeter Christmas camera where the light blew you out. It was like a, a deer spotter can you know what I mean? Light. And they lit you up and I'm playing in front of the Christmas tree, driving my parents insane, uh, strumming this guitar that was way too big and then music just affected from there and I just always knew that for me my love of sports and for me you know again motocross uh there wasn't supercross then but motocross and football baseball um you know and then also loving uh music was going to play a part in my life and then you just find a way to lack of a better term find a way to get it done so I guess where where my strength came is when people said no or door slammed i found a way to either kick it back open get around it get through it and make something out of it basically bridging that gap to be able to continue now for truthfully 35 years of that's how long since the first you know the first songs hit professionally where we could rub some pennies together from it and living in a dry behind a dry cleaner to being able to speak with you today. This is NFR Extra, and our guest today, Brett Michaels. We will return after the break. We're back, and we don't want you to miss anything. Make NFRExperience.com your link to hear it first. You will get info on NFR events, Vegas concerts, insider tips, and more, all directly to your inbox. Just go to NFRExperience.com, verify your email address, and pick the experiences you want to hear more about. And new this year, we will send you customized announcements and special offers directly to your mobile number now and throughout the NFR. Check out NFRExperience.com for details. Hey, this is Chancey Williams, and you're listening to NFR Extra. The frontman of rock band Poison, Brett Michaels, is here on NFR Extra. You know, you talk about sleeping in increments and being a fan of music, but what kind of music is like the, 
you know, the, the true love and passion you got from the hair band to country. So you've got a pretty wide palette um, for flavor of music, but what's like your, your go-to or favorite type of stuff for kind of getting you in the creative process? You're, first of all, it's great. So here, here, it's a great question. Everything. For me, music is a soundtrack to everyday life. And it's the only thing or one of the only things, if you think about this, it can affect any person at any time in any mood. So if I'm in a, you know, you, uh, for me being a diabetic, getting up, first thing I do is take some insulin, uh, a little bit to eat, and then I work out, right? Or get on my mountain bike. I do, I do something. And that's, you know, I get pumped up listening to ACDC. I love listening to, you know, I love my, my good classic rock that just fires me up. And that can be anything from Metallica, Van Halen, Aerosmith, you know. But then all of a sudden, there's also a side of me that grew up loving what is now considered traditional or prime country. And then also that love turned into what I wrote with every rose has its thorn. And again, going back to the no fear thing, everybody remember we're our own independent record label. So who knew, but we bet on, I bet on myself. We bet on ourselves. And this is truthful. People really let this sink in. You can't lose if you bet on yourself. So we were our own independent label. We held all of our publishing, which, as you know, in today's world, that has turned out really, really great. You know what I mean? Back then, everyone, you know, a lot of the bands of my genre sold everything off. They didn't mean to. It was just what you did. And we we didn't do that. And, and I didn't do that. We held on and bet on ourselves. So that music affects me then, as does coming back to that now. So what? here's what saved my life, Zach Brown. He doesn't know it. He's a friend, but he truthfully, right after my father passed, he, like I told you, we're doing long story short, hook and barrel. And it's for their, you know, their issue, talking about our military, talking about their anniversary issue. My father was a veteran. And when he passed away um, a few weeks later, uh, I was really fighting through because I was really down. We were close. And I went to see Zach Brown at Hershey Stadium in Pennsylvania. And it, they were, besides treating me and my friends and people with me great, the music really was therapeutic. It, it sort of saved my life. It got me positive again. And the same thing with, if you look up Kenny Chesney, me and Tim McGraw singing on stage together and Jake Owens. And it was just an amazing, amazing moments in my life. And so all music affects me for different reasons. Man, it's cool because you've been around and you've seen the evolution going from the 80s to where we're at today. What's the difference in, let's just say, country rock and roll music over the past 20 years? Is there a difference now or is it still has a very similar vibe to it? No, it feels for me the same. I mean, again, I remember I'm going into my mind. People people take it all in differently. For me, it, it always comes down to great songs that affect you. I, I don't know what's going to move your mood or what, you know, different things for different people at different times. But for me, there's always been this great feel of writing a great song. So as much as my buddies were like, oh, we're only listening to this or that, I would be able to listen to Jimi Hendrix and then all of a sudden flip on James Taylor uh, listen to Jim Croce and and all of a sudden go back and I'd be listening to Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks, people beyond Garth's music, his energy, when he hits that stage, I, I, I'm just going to say it, it lights you up. And yeah. I hope that what happens with me when I do something, 
I got to be honest with you. I'm talking calmly now, but I get, I am fired up. So right underneath the, the calmness that may be there underneath it is this energy. And, and let me add to that. You can see it in Gar's face. There's a gratefulness. And with me, a gratitude. I start my whole autobiography out by saying the two most important words in any language is thank you. I didn't get here alone in the words of Kenny Chesney, you know, and that's the truth. It's, it, it is everyone that I've been able to be around. And even some of the people that didn't turn out to be great affected me by building my character to be tough enough to withstand the storm. That's crazy. You know, you talk about kind of the starting, you know, when you guys were going and, and betting on yourself, if you watch some of those old videos, you know, with, it was like the first time people saw that, you know, like those, those videos were groundbreaking. I mean, th- there'd been nothing like that and, you know, nothing but a good time, for example, you know, you look at that and it, it almost like you feel when you hear that and you see that you feel that energy that you're talking about, that's kind of under the water that just is almost uncontainable. But what I find interesting about you in particular is that you were part of essentially a pioneer group of, of, of kick-ass hairband, but you've maintained to be kind of on the scene via music, via TV, one way or another. How did you maintain such a long career that you're still pursuing and still an active member of? It's just like you, you never, you saw a lot of guys fizzle out. How did you stay in that level of success for so long? Well, first, first of all, thank you for saying that. And number one, I, I want to say this for, for the groundbreaking beginnings of nothing but a good time. When you're doing that, that you, you used a perfect word again, that, that, that boiling, that bubbling under the surface and passion and going out there and being able to shoot videos and be exciting. And at the same time, nothing but a good time as a song. If you listen to it, what I'm talking about is actually going through a really tough time. A true story in my life, going through a really tough time. Uh, this is all, you know, a lot of people, when you grow up, this is all you're ever going to amount to. And my fighting unbroken spirits, thanks to mom and dad, um, yeah. are helped me to get, and I'm, I mean that, help me to fight through that. And then what happens is, is as much, as much as I love having fun, more than anything, I want to be a great host. You know, I want you to have a great time at my party. You come on the bus. I want everyone to have a great time. I greet them. That's what it is. But the second thing is, is when you talk about true being, managing to stay relevant, managing to stay current, but never lose who you are. So you don't want to chase it. What I do is I see things that I want to create, things I want to make happen. And that what you don't ever want to do in anything is go to live outside the box and I think we can all agree now that, that we can openly talk about this. They, they kind of want to put you in a box. So as soon as you created nothing but a good time with this, they're like, you're never doing every rose has its thorn. That has nothing to do with what you're about. And I just never listened. I just stuck to my guns. And then all of a sudden I started to venture into, I saw reality TV as a great way to have fun, put my music in it, be creative and also own it. You want to own a piece of that. You want to, and that goes from, you know, so people understand not just the rock of love, but I was one of the first ones on Nashville star to judge and help host it with Leanne rhymes. Then there was rock my RV, one of my favorite shows. And we broke it just before 
you know, outdoorsy and all this started to, you know what I mean? You go in there and said, I- I've been camping since I've been born. You know what I mean? Since I can remember every photo of me camping somewhere in the outdoors doing something. So take that stuff and what you know and have fun with it. And, and it's the same things I applied to the season we won a pre- or season I won apprentice. I just went in and stuck to my guns. But also at the same time, you're, you got to have that fighting spirit, but you also got to make right decisions. And, and I always say, don't let greed or envy or ego throw a blanket of stupid over your smarts. Man, first of all, rock my RV. I love that show. I <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love that. Can I, I'm going to say this yeah. truthfully. One of my favorite times I ever had in my life going down and doing that show. Cause it, you know, again, you got to remember people don't know what to expect. And all of a sudden I'm in there ripping these things out, helping with the engine saying, why don't we blow the top off this thing and try this? And yet you're going to laugh. They also had to be drivable and safe. Cause you can make anything if it's not moving, you know, try putting that out in the real world. And that's what we would do. We would take those out in the real world and make sure they worked. But I had such a good time doing that show. You're listening to NFR extra with our guest, Brett Michaels. Let's take a quick break. Welcome to NFR 360 where the NFR experience comes to life. This portal transports you to an immersive visual experience, encapsulating the stories and history of the NFR experience. NFR 360 is a collection of newly produced and historical digital content filled with stories about current and legendary contestants, the inside scoop on all the elements of how you experience the National Finals Rodeo, and inside tips that will improve your experience during the NFR 365 days a year. Hey, this is Tracy Lawrence, and you're here with us on NFR Extra. NFR Extra with NBC's reality show Celebrity Apprentice 3 winner, Brett Michaels. I came across this quote that, what is the meaning behind this? I don't have a death wish. I have a life wish. It was simple. When I was being, again, this goes back as truthful as I can be to being a diabetic, right? I think people misunderstood because I'd had a brain hemorrhage, a subarachnoid brain hemorrhage, and I don't want to bum anyone out of my birthday. I'm here near my birthday. So I went, I've had some things happen to me throughout my life, right? I had a subarachnoid brain hemorrhage two weeks after I had an emergency appendectomy and heart surgery. All right. True. All this true within a short period of time. And everyone's like, you need to take a year or two off. And I said that it, I want to go out and play music. I, that's what, if I'm, if, if I'm going out, I want to go out guns blazing. I, I, me sitting around and worrying about what's wrong with me or what's going to happen next is anyone who knows me knows that's not who I am, but people are like, this guy has a death wish. And that is absolutely the opposite. It's what kept me fighting and positive. Medically, was it the smartest thing to get back out there three or three months after all that happened, probably in the books, no, but it worked for me. And, and it kept me positive because my same energy, and, and this is the best way to put it, my same energy that can be positive, and there's a big force of it, can also go, that same force can go negative. 
And I didn't want it to go that direction. And so I just got out there and said, again, if I'm going to go out, not knowing what's going to happen next, I'm going to go out guns blazing, not sitting here myself worrying to death. And that was the whole point about it. I, I don't have a death wish. I have a life wish. Well, it makes sense. I mean, your energy is super contagious, man. I mean, we were just meeting you here on this Monday morning on your birthday for less than 45 minutes and you got great energy. So I, I, it makes sense why, you know, there's, you're going to create more momentum coming out of something like that rather than go putting your head in the sand. I mean, that's kind of my take with you. Well, and thank you for saying that. And I I don't want, I, I hope you understand, and I'm, I'm grateful to be on and I want people to understand just going through and touching these subjects, but there is a, again, a gratefulness to be here 35 years into what I love doing and, and making music, but also I'm a fan of music. We're talking about country. If people jump on YouTube, you see me and Kenny Chesney and Tim McGraw, and we're out there singing Every Rose Has Its Thorn at the stadium and then Poison's there at the stadium the next night. Or I'd have a night off and I go out there with Jimmy Buffett and we ended up redoing Margaritaville together. And I could tell, you know, I've known Jimmy a while. I walked out there and you know, that look on people's face, like, is he going to remember the lyrics? Cause we're handing them the mic. You know what I mean? Cause everyone knows that when, when you're hammered drunk, you know, every lyric, when you're singing it, did you ever have someone flip the radio off or the, you know, turn the volume yeah. down? And I could tell you this look on his face, like, I love you. And he's like, here he is. And I go out and I said, you can even throw me the verses you don't play. I said, I know. And we, we had an absolute blast doing that song together and i think again it comes back to uh, i was raised in a really small town outside of pittsburgh called butler pennsylvania and then my dad was in the uh, you know as a navy veteran and we moved around and ended up at the inland naval depot in mechanicsburg pennsylvania or harrisburg but the one thing my parents did and i do with my kids we never knew um obviously we uh let's say we had hardworking, but very humble means. But my mom and dad made everything an adventure. And that meant like if we were washing the car and we couldn't afford it, I'm going to make you laugh for a minute. Uh, and not a lot of these stories I get to tell people. So I hope I'm not putting you in the fans asleep. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, this is a true story. We go to wash the car and if maybe we were a little shy on money and this is all in the the book. I tell these stories funny. I said, we take it down in a Creek. My dad, now we lived in Pennsylvania. My dad would say stuff like, now be careful. We never know if there's a crocodile and you know, we're kids. He wasn't trying to scare us. It just made everything we did an adventure. And we never, we didn't know what we had or didn't have when we would go to get shoes. This still exists on the Carlisle Pike super shoe. And we'd go in and there used to be a bin of misfit shoes. And he would lower me and my sister into the bin and make a game out of it with the other kids trying to find two matching shoes. <laughs> I'm not, I, I wish I was making this up like you think I'm trying to write a, a, a ye old Christmas story, but this is the truth. But it was always an adventure. And I think with that, it, it really played a big part in my life, going camping and, and getting to do all those things. It's like I said for Hook and Barrel, I said, good music and the great outdoors has is not only been my life, it's saved my life. You've highlighted your parents there, but what does it mean to be a dad to you? It is the, the first of all, I love being a dad. And again, I wish there was a manual, 
But since I didn't have the manual, or I forgot to purchase the manual. I loved it both with rain, uh, Elizabeth and Georgia blue there. I love being a dad and we many great adventures. We have fun. And at the same time, you know, now that they're, uh, you know, one fifteen and one twenty, you, you just try to, you, you got to guide them and give them as much, much as you can about life lived that I've been through and hope they can better their life and not make some of the mistakes I did is what you give them. But at the same time, you have to be able to let them forge their own path. Yes, absolutely. We have two dads here and I am a daughter myself. So that's one of those <laughs> subjects that we always try to this touch a on win, just a win, little win. bit. <laughs> I, I have a 15 year old. I a hundred percent understand what you're saying there, Brett, for sure. You know, and, and it's a different world. I, I will say this on a, on a very sincere note. And, and I mean this, it is, I, if, if my buddies didn't like me, like, in other words, we went somewhere, we played football, they went back, we rode dirt bikes, they, you know, and they had something bad to say about me. I didn't know it. So two days later or a day later, you got back together with social media. Like I said, here's the greatest thing about it. It is the greatest thing that can happen. It's the greatest thing that happened to musicians. You go out there, artists, you can expose your art. It's also if you're not careful, the easiest way to be disposed quickly, you mm -hmm. still have to have the foundation of building stuff. You still have to have good fundamentals. And I said with, especially uh, young with daughters, the if, man with these things. Now it could be the greatest thing ever, or you could see people rip you apart online. And you're like, it's tough as a dad. When you watch some of the stuff going on out there, you're like, Sometimes I'm like, you need to shut that off. And you're thinking these people, they were just over at the house having nothing but a good, <laughs> sorry for the pun, but having a good time. And, and then all of a sudden, some of the friends are writing some really out lack of a better term, harsh things. And no wonder people are a little, sometimes the old adage, less is more knowing less. Sometimes I'm not saying ignorance is bliss, but sometimes if they had something bad to say, I didn't know what we got back together and life was good. Now you can read it. Something someone has to say about you, even if they're just pissed off for a moment, they put it up there. It lives in infamy. I hope I'm not saying that wrong. I'm, I'm oh. trying to say it's, it's the greatest thing ever. The, the, the new age we live in is amazing. It's a, it's incredible, but it's also with it. It brings out every, nut job and knucklehead as well. So yeah. it, it, in other words, it, it brings out both and people feel protected. If they want to be mean, they, they can go under a different, you know what I'm saying? They put up yeah. a fake account, rip you apart. And then, and I just think that that you, we as people, and especially as a parent, I teach them how to handle that. I'm like, look, I, I said, critics didn't affect me because I'm diabetic. There's nothing they're going to say to me that five injections a day didn't already toughen me up for, if you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, for sure. You're like, where the hell is he going with this? No, that, we love, we love you know, it. Go ahead. You, I'm sorry. You, you look at how many people, you know, like you said about the artist, I mean, how many artists nowadays are discovered on Instagram or YouTube or something to where before you'd have to, I mean, shoot 
selling CDs or cassettes or eight tracks out of it, you know, just trying to get your music spread. And all it takes is one person to catch one link to see that, to just move on to how big it is. But in the same thing, you know, I mean, I, I fully agree with you on this because every day that we're in social media is a, is an undiscovered day where we don't know the long-term effects of because we're in that moment. And so the, the, the destructing of that, everybody's got an opinion. Every, oh, that guy, you know, I mean, it's the couch, it's the couch coaches. And you try to explain that to your kids or to people that are younger and they just don't understand, like you said, the long-term effects of once that's out there, man, there's no reeling that fish back in. You said it, you're, you're exactly right. And that, that's what he said, the gatekeepers. When mm. I was, when you said about the van, I, I'm not making this up. Remember our first record, I, I'm going to make y'all laugh now. We had these, you know, I would read these stories. And I'm reading Hit Parader, Circus Magazine. I'm reading all this, oh, this, you know, their private jet landed on their signing day. I'm thinking, man, that must have been a different time because my signing day was in a warehouse in El Segundo, California, <laughs> shrink wrapping my own. We didn't have eight tracks. I, I managed, although I owned them, I didn't. Poison, fortunately, came a little after that. <laughs> but I'm saying I, I was shrink wrapping my own album and boxing it in one by ones. Like, I'm like, wait. This isn't like my kiss brochure. I got no limo. I'm in a Chevette without windows. And I'm sitting in my, uh, uh, you know, it, it, in my sweatpants on a floor in El Segundo, California. But here was the win of that. The win uh, being an independent band as we kept all of our content, all the publishing. We didn't, we didn't give away any of that stuff. We worked hard and it ended up, uh, it, kicking ass it ended up being a great we didn't all exactly know but again it went back to betting on ourselves but i was having i'm being funny i was having fun doing it i was with my buddies and a couple of our roadies at the time a road crew just boxing up our own stuff and we literally took albums with us to stores to i mean you literally packed them yourself took them to the store asked if they would carry 10 of them you know, cassettes out of the van, you put them up at your merch booth. And by merch booth, I use that term loosely when you're starting out. And it's, it was a, it was, but it was good times and the most insane street level experience you could ever get. So did there come a point where it was like, this is bullshit. This is way too hard. There's got to be an easier way to, you know, was there a carrot dangled in front of you to sell out at any time? No, no. Luckily they didn't want our stuff. Nobody. The best thing that happened is there was no, there was no, this big moment. What happened was, is once we, our record was just another independent band that wasn't going to make it right up until uh, I would say this right up until cry tough, talk dirty to me when talk dirty to me went number one. Uh, I think it hit five or six, whatever the charts were. We were the first independent band to sell 3 million records. Once you do that, then everyone loves you. Yeah. And then you make a decision. And we decided at that point, what we wanted to do as a band was maintain our ownership, but maybe do a distribution deal. So that's what we did. We just, you know, we were fortunate to be with great people at Capital EMI and Enigma Records was our independent label with Cyanide Music. And that's true. I, I don't want to bore people, but it, you can apply what we did to anything you do in your own life is, is you take it and you find your smarts kick in and you find a way to get it done. But never did we ever want to give up. 
never that that was never part of the equation last break before our encore conversation with brett michaels new breed of american cowboy new breed of american nfr extra follows cowboys talks to legends and country stars and finds the stories that make up the season that leads to the annual showdown in december follow me nevada caldwell brylan bentley and steve goder as we delve deep into the stories in and behind the road to gold listen to nfr extra on rural radio channel 147 on sirius xm every monday at 6 p.m pacific 9 eastern with our re-air tuesday in the same time slot nfr extra all dirt all rodeo all year this is Shane Miner, and you're joining me on NFR Extra. Brett Michaels is here on NFR Extra. You mentioned charities earlier today, and I know you are very involved in that world. Why is it so important to give back to your fans, the community? Do you have a few that stand out? Absolutely. First of all, that started, and again, full credit to my mom and dad and my mom on this one. When I became a diabetic and you know, again, this is back before there was constant glucose monitors, before there was blood tests. Everything back then was, I was like a, a lab rat. You were like, a, I became a scientist at the age of six. Like you had to put this, two drops of that, three drops of this and wait for, you know, two minutes to see what color your, I won't go into all the details, but your urine, all this stuff that you had to do to find out how much insulin to give yourself. And my mom, helped form the first diabetic youth camp in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania that they had in central PA. And that was a lot, you know, again, I was a kid. I did not realize she was working uh, at a correctional institute and putting this together with friends and doctors that would volunteer. So that was instilled and it's part of my DNA. I like being a good host to people. If you all came to my house, I want to treat you great. Um, and so I just applied that to all the stuff I've done with charitable stuff, with my Life Rocks Foundation, and even doing a college for World College Radio. I'm the ambassador now. And so I, I put together a grant, um, just used my own money and started it out for a lot of incredible, incredible, talented um, college kids in college, uh, college kids that are um, that want to break into the industry through a pandemic. So we're helping them to get through and get the right equipment. And just it's everything from diabetes to St. Jude's to Shriners to whatever the cause is, trying to help out where I can. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, with finite days. Yeah. And that's essentially the best part of a legacy you can have. It, it's the, the best. And again, you, you when you're doing it, it, it it's I'm a get it done guy. You, you would understand what I mean. I, I love to have fun. And I know at some point, if it's okay to bring up Shane, uh, it, he not only a great guy, uh, and I'm talking about Shane Miner, is the not only a great guy, but also around writing music together, having a great time. But also, we know having fun. I did a show, Hometown Rising, uh, and I was the sort of the rock artist on a show with amazing Keith Urban, Luke Bryan, you know, everybody, Brett Young, Jake Owens, everyone's on there, friends with everybody. I'm throwing football and baseball with everybody. But afterwards, just sitting on the bus and swapping stories with Luke and Shane and everybody, it, it, was, a, it was an amazing night. And my point to that is, I love to have fun, but doing these charities and stuff is about getting it done. A lot of people say it, but I make sure from the minute it goes out that it gets seen through. 
I know that you like to have fun as you've made mention multiple times and your heart, I mean, big heart going like that. But if you had a chance to go on the bus with 27 year old Brett Michaels, what would be some words of wisdom you'd pass on? Man, I, okay, here we go. Here's, I, I, I would love to, I'm horrible at one-liners. So let me just say this. My work, my life as a stand-up comedian would be quickly over. Uh, so let me go into the slightly longer version. I'll make it as short as possible. I, I, then I was having fun and I treated people great and loved having a great time. And I love doing the same thing now. That has not like if, when, when this is good and we can go out there and do the stadium tour and play some events and us, all of us talking right here, get together, right? You'll see what I mean. You come on that bus. I make sure you're taken care of. It's a good party, always good music. And if I was to ad- advise myself of anything, really, really just continue to enjoy that moment. Cause that's those experiences are, are what make it amazing. I'm sorry. I'd love to give you the one liner of the best no. party liner, but, but I don't, I, I just I, I wish I could say some dramatic change has happened, but I'm the same. It's like, you know, those then and now photos, the things I love doing then I love doing now. And it, I'm just saying it's it, it, those, that that continued. And I'm just, again, grateful. But that party on the bus, you all come up or you bring a, f- a couple fans and want to bring them up. We'll take good care of them and we'll make it rock. You know, and that's kind of crazy too, talking about, you know, back to the social media and and that advice too of just staying in the moment. Is it so easy nowadays to kind of lose sight of that moment and to get away from that to where it's like, hey man, just be in the moment and enjoy where you're at. You said it. And that's the thing is that balance of trying to capture it all and get it out there to show somebody, look, I'm, I'm doing this on my phone, but sometimes it's okay to do that, but you know what? Occasionally put that down and live in a moment that is going to be amazing. You know what I'm getting at? It's oh, maybe yeah. it's a good thing. Some of those moments back then weren't captured on a phone camera. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> maybe, now that I think about it, I, I won't go as far back as Polaroid, but uh, although it's making a huge comeback in hipness right now, I'm just saying it's a, uh, it, maybe it's for the best. There wasn't a lot of phones uh, at 27 yeah. year old Brett Michaels. That's all. <laughs> God, it'd be, God it'd be good. Work. Yeah, it'd be good watching now, though, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or it, there'd be a lot of blurry. I, the camera may be as blurry as the vision was at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool to talk to you and just how how broad your appreciation for life is with everything that you do. And you know, you talk about growing up in in Pennsylvania. And, and camping and then you know you've got obviously the rock star life so you've got city you've got country you've got la you've got nashville if you had to pick one which one would that be uh, can i say uh, can I, if it's a multiple choice all of the above because all of the above mattered if yeah. you it, again here's me on a on a daily basis going out when we are touring i go during the day Uh, to a lake i go somewhere um you know i don't just run to the hotel or just to the arena or amphitheater and and i have the time of my life i feel great i get there if we're doing a sound check which we always love to do i get there in time to do it but all of it has mattered and i've made great friends along the way that that's the thing it's never been a nothing ever had to be in Instead of, it's always just in addition to, and and what I mean by that is, 
same with Poison. I do a, a ton solo, but I'm still best friends with the guys, Ricky and, and Cece and Bobby. We're all great friends and we go out, pick the right times to tour together. We grew up together and we, we fought in the trenches together. And so that will never leave. But at the same time, I go out and do all this stuff solo, but I never felt like I had to leave poison to do it. It's just, they know me and they know my energy and what I like to do. And we just make it all kind of work in tandem. That's awesome, man. That's crazy too, that you, you know, I mean, through, through all of that stuff that you still maintain friendships and working relationships with those guys to where, you, you know, I mean, I've, I've, don't don't let this great voice fool you. I've, I'm not a rock star, but it's like you see the fallout from those bands through that time. So I mean, that in and of itself to maintain the friendship and the working partnerships with those guys says a lot. I think it does. And and let me say this: I'm giving them full credit. I would not one million percent not be here speaking to you had it not been. For, for Bobby and, and Ricky and Cece and us going through that stuff together, I wouldn't have had these opportunities. And I say that it's how I open my book up as well. I don't want anyone to think that I am not grateful for it. It's it's part of why I'm here getting a chance to talk with you. And, and yet 35 years into my career, I have that same energy. I want to hit that stage. I want to make stuff right. And that I want to make it right for the fans, for the band, for our crew. And and we have anyone who knows the Poison family when we travel, it's a party. Like we have a great time. We have tough stuff that we got to do, but we get it done and have each other's back. And on nights off, if we're in an amphitheater, I go out there. Um, I can't say I'm the world's best cook, but I love to barbecue and no one has gotten sick from my food yet. So it's a good, you know, we go out there and make it amazing. <laughs> the nights off at the amphitheaters and stuff, we all pull in early and so everyone has survived my cooking and it's a good time before we wrap up i have one random question to ask i am i am i'm strapped now remember it's my birthday go easy on me <laughs> i think it, i think it's maintainable what is one of your biggest or weirdest fears that's a good okay i'll get it's i don't know if it's weird but it's my biggest fear uh absolutely claustrophobic like when I say that, that doesn't mean I can't jump in a car and drive or do stuff. But I would say without a doubt, being that that would be it. And being trapped, I said, when I go, this is just my opinion, spread them ashes. I, I need to be near the beach up mm. in the mountains. I, I It's me, only me. I'm yeah. not speaking for anyone else, but I I have a, a, a drive and a this free spirited soul that just has to be moving i love by the way i love driving like i can drive anywhere it's not the space it's the thought of being closed in you know what i mean it's yeah. not yeah. you know it, but but at, without a doubt my dad had it without a doubt he was a get up and goer he liked moving driving uh, keeping that energy going now medically they may call that a little touch of adhd but i <laughs> but for me i just call it a little extra kick of energy yeah. Free spirit. Yeah, here, here. I, I love that. Let's go with free spirit. That makes me feel better. Mr. Michaels, I got to tell you, you know, I was a teenager when you were exploding on the scene. I think Steve was a little bit behind me there on the, the teenage years. And still, uh, still riding my bike. Rock yeah, out. right. Did go you ahead, get sorry. the license on your bike or no, or, yeah. or no license? <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'd like the layers of you. Man, it's like doing the research on you prior to this was awesome. And really just coming on here. I mean, for the listeners, this is going to be fantastic. But for us as a, as a crew, 
I mean, this is, man, it's been fantastic. The layers of you and all this kind of this, this 360 view of Brett Michaels has been fantastic, man. What was, what's the name of your book? The book's just simply Brett Michaels Auto Scrapography, volume one. Let me explain. It's, I never wanted to do my autobiography with 400 pages and two pictures. So for me, it, the auto scrapography is such, it's volume one. It's such an easy read, but every story has time stamped photos. Mm. And there's some stories in there that I opened the first one up, not going to the low hanging fruit. What I gave you was stuff that people just, they're like, the reason it's in its fourth print is they didn't, there's so many things in there that have happened to me because I dig into life and I live it. You know what I mean? It's before poison, during poison, with poison now it, and when you read some of these things that happened to me that become crossroads in your life and the moments that affect you, how, you know, I remember being in a snowstorm and looking down and, and saying this day in Pennsylvania, I am going to California. I'm selling any small stuff that I own and I will find a way to get there, to get a chance to get my music recognized. I've been held at gunpoint and literally held at gunpoint with three of my buddies. They all signed into the book to tell the exact same story. It's and I negotiated for my life at 16 years old. Mm literally negotiated for my life. And I realized then that, you know, given that blessing to continue another day, I'm like, I'm going to rock this. And so I hope that some of this helps some of the listeners and thank you. I wouldn't be here doing it uh, without my band members and you guys doing the interview. So thanks for having me on. Thank you, man. This was super grateful, man, to talk to you. This is a great way to start the week off on a Monday morning. Thank you. Hey, thank you all for having me on. Have a great day and, and we will talk soon. Happy birthday, Brett. Happy birthday. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. We want to give a million thanks to Brett Michaels for hanging with us on NFR Extra. Want to experience more of NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a big five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. And the bulls and the browns And the ladies in the skin-tight wrangers And the cowboy 